This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup podcast in association with Betbright. It's the World Cup final day. I'm joined by Martin Domin and Mark Jones. It's me, Matt Lawler, standing in for Aaron Flanagan. And here we are to talk about the game that has really rolled around quite quickly. France versus Croatia. It has, and I'm sure you would have got long odds on that being the final before the before the tournament started. But you're right, it's been a... A very a fun tournament, exciting tournament, but you know, four weeks does does fly by, and uh, here we are, Croatia for the first time, France for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ninety-eight winners, of yeah. course. It's, it's, this is an amazing achievement for for Croatia. Um, let's let's talk about them first, Mark, because they obviously defeated England, ended England's dreams, and they've been absolutely brilliant in this World Cup. Yeah, they've. Um I think they they really impressed in the group stage, didn't they? Think about the Argentina game; they they really kind of shocked everyone with the way they they uh, controlled the game. They were, they were, you know, the phrase "dark horses" was was knocking around a lot, wasn't it, before the tournament? And I don't think whilst whilst people were, did think that, I don't think they thought maybe potential winners. I think they thought perhaps semis and, and quarters. Um, but yeah, they've they've responded to every challenge that that they've been set, haven't they? And you think about the Denmark game where they got thrown penalties, um, and in the same and the same in the next round as well where they they got past Russia. And then England to go to extra time again, and and to win that one in the manner they did. I thought they were very good against England. They um, after a sort of dodgy start, they perhaps should have been maybe two down at half time. But when they weren't, they really grew into the game in the second half, and um, and they deserved their win in the end. They were, they were much better team than England, I thought, on the night. I mean, their levels of energy were just incredible, and the midfield completely dominated England. And Rakitic and Modric will certainly be in the team of the tournament, I'm sure. But I mean. Can they find the energy to beat France, or a, a young side, the youngest side left in the tournament? Of course, uh, they were the joint youngest with England. Nigeria were the youngest, um, and they've, they're full of pace. Could this be a step too far for Croatia? Now, um, I mean, they've been attacking to the limit in the last three games. Yeah, and obviously they're playing a much better team than they, than they were playing. So um, it's going to be very tough for them. I think they're going to, if Croatia are going to win, I've got fear. Gonna be a pretty boring game because <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna keep France kind of at arm's length, aren't they? And they're gonna have to sit deep and and the likes of Lovren won't want to be pushing up because he doesn't want to chase Mbappe the other way and 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 if they can sort of like set the stall out and, and be quite sort of settled at the back and perhaps not go out as much, I think they'll they'll do all right. I mean, you saw the way that they defended against England. I thought Lovren was great in kind of from second half onwards, um, and so they're gonna they're gonna try and. 
as I say, make it a bit of a horrible game and, and maybe yeah. nick, nick one off a, off a set piece or something. I mean, you thought Lovren was great and he thought he was great as well. <laughs> uh, he wasn't shy about saying, telling everyone what a great defender he is. And he said, I think it shows that he's one of the best defenders in the world. So what has changed for Lovren? Because, you know, a season ago, we were, mm. he was almost a bit of a laughing stock at yeah. Liverpool and, and somebody was derided and singled out as, as, as a player who was behind Liverpool's defensive failures. And suddenly, since Virgil van Dijk's yeah, come I along, that's a big it, thing. he's kind of the the secret success to... I think he, lo- he sort of sits there at the back and he looks across at van Dijk and he probably knows that he's not the main man. And he... I think him and van Dijk work quite well together because van Dijk's a very cool sort of cool customer isn't he and, and I think Lovren can get excited at times I thought he was in the first half against England he was he was kind of rattling into people now, how he got booked I don't know uh, sorry how he didn't get booked I don't know yeah. um, Van Dijk calms him down and, and, and I think he's been good for his game um, in the World Cup I've been in, him and Vida have done quite well together haven't they and, and they did the whole I mean the the uh, thing about him saying he's one of the best I think he I think he's, he was a little bit wound up by some of the stuff that went on before the game. He was getting... Let's be he, honest, we all rattled him, didn't we? Yeah, he was a bit rattled, wasn't he? And he was a bit wound up. And I think he... So he's now what? He's going to be play, He's going to have played in a Champions League final and a World Cup mm. final in the space of two months. It's not bad, is it? So, you know, he... <laughs> yeah, you'd take that, wouldn't you? He's not the perfect defender, but he's all right. Yeah, he, he definitely is all right. Um, and he's going to find himself in for a rough ride today, though. I mean... Kylian Mbappe, a lot been made about him. People saying that he'll win the Golden uh, Ball Award for the best player in the tournament. He's like a Ferrari when he gets going. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, he was a PSG last, well, still is a PSG, but that was his big move. But it's it's not always easy to, to watch a player. If you're not watching the French League, you maybe see him every other week in the Champions League, but maybe wasn't on our radar last season as much as he might have been. So it has been, although nowadays in the World Cup there are no huge surprise players who suddenly do well, it's maybe, maybe he has taken the people a little by surprise just how well he's done. He does add that attacking flair to a side which should be full of attacking flair but often doesn't play possibly to its strengths. Maybe today will be will be different. France will finally you know, show that they are you know, that, that fun team to watch as opposed to the team that's maybe got them this far. But then again, why change, you know? Well, that's it. They've, they've got this far and, and it's not just this tournament. It's two tournaments in a row now. They mm. got to the Euro final, which they probably should have won. And going into this tournament, there was a lot of players that they dropped and Didier, sorry, Deschamps has, has been a character who's, who's divided opinion in France and here they are again. Mm. I mean, you can't argue, as you say, with two finals. But you can definitely argue if they lose another one. You know, you, know, you, you can mm-hmm. argue that Ronaldo, Ronaldo sort of hauled Portugal to, to victory two years ago. But I think if France were to lose again today, those questions are right to be asked. Yeah. You know, it's okay, it's fine to say at the start of a tournament, maybe they're not favourites, maybe they won't win it. But this is the final now, this is it, it's one game. But if should they, they beat Croatia? Yes, they probably should. But, but if they do win, surely we'll be talking about this France team not just for the next two weeks, but for the next two years, the next oh, four years. I mean, yeah. they're so young. They've got so many talented young players there. They can dominate world football. Yes. For years. Um, I just think they, they could do with being let off the leash a little bit more sometimes. And you know, I, I look at their tournament and, and it, for me, it, it very much hinges on, on one moment when you think they were 2-1 down to Argentina. And at that moment, you know, Argentina have, have gone in front. They were, obviously, it wasn't a great Argentina team, but they're still Argentina. They're still Messi. They're, they're still good players there. I just seen to go two one up, and 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 you can almost see like Messi's tails up. They're they're, they're getting into it, and then 
at the other end, uh, the right back Pavard scores that fantastic okay. goal, which is you know possibly the goal of the tournament, and that equalises it at two two. And then in that, that's when they kick on. And then Mbappe goes and has an incredible sort of five ten minutes and scores two more. So it 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 felt for me as though that was the um, that was the turning point of their tournament because they hadn't been great before that against uh, in their group against the likes of Denmark and Australia and Peru. They very much sort of kind of just got the job done they got through games um, but I thought that Pavard goal was given all the stars they've got he was probably one that perhaps people hadn't heard of before the tournament and him, for him to score that goal I think it really kicked on and then since then we've seen we've seen uh, Mbappe play well I thought Pogba was great in the semi-final um, so yeah we talk about their star names but and Griezmann still got goals despite not being great um, we talk about their star names but I think that was the moment where, where they really kicked on Do you think Pavard's goal was the goal of the tournament? Um, yeah, well, yeah. I think if France win the tournament, and it's not only a great goal, it's a it's a sort of turning point in the in the in the whole World Cup. I think. I mean, both of Croatia's the other day were were, were excellent for, <laughs> for different reasons, but no, you're probably. Right. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. Finish, <laughs> you sure? Finish fourth, you so sure? No. I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. Um, <laughs> back to the final. The odds in association with Bent Bright, of course, um, to lift the trophy. Croatia seven to four, and France four to nine. Um, Full time result: France ten to eleven. The draw is eleven to five, and Croatia four to one. Method of victory: France on penalties nine to one. Croatia on penalties ten to one. I mean, Ooh. have they not seen the last mm, yeah. uh, few Croatia games? Well, certainly two of them anyway. Uh, first goal scorer Mbappe nine to two. He's a favourite, and. Um, Perisic, who I thought was magnificent against England, mm-hmm. ten to one. That goal mm-hmm. he scored, you know, someone said, "Oh, it was a high boot." No, it wasn't. Walker put his head down. Yeah. Um, but Perisic, he's a player. I think we're going to hear an awful lot about in the next mm-hmm. few weeks. Jose Mourinho, we know he's a he's a big admirer of his. We know he's been to his uh, games before. We know he wants to sign him. And what he showed against England was that he can deliver it. On a plate, can't he? For the yeah, he he was a joy to watch. His energy was brilliant. He's not he's not the flashiest of players, is he? He's not he's not sort of sort of silkiest, but he's the just he just gets himself in positions and and he probably could have had more more than one goal against England, couldn't he? He, he hit the post for that chance as well. Um, I can see him being a good Mourinho player. Actually, you know, you think about how Mourinho values the likes of William and people like that yeah. who are going to work hard for him. And I say Perisic isn't the flashiest player. He's not he's not someone who's going to sell shirts or anything like that I don't think but he's, he just gets himself in positions and he and he pops up and um, and he uh, he did so against England and yeah I think I'm just thinking there when you're reading that out surely 4-1 to one must be the biggest price in a World Cup final for anyone for a while must be yeah must be indeed uh, I think Croatia certainly there's certainly some value there and just to go on with the odds a little bit we've got Croatia to win and Rakitic to score 10-1 to one. that's not a bad little bit and one that you might like Jonesy Croatia to win and Lovren to score <laughs> a header Forty to one, but then um, on the other side of it, you got Mbappe to score and France to win to nil, which is five to one, and France to win and Pogba to score from outside the box fourteen to one, Ooh. and the last one is France to win and Griezmann to score a hat trick forty to one. I mean, I'd offer you a thousand to one because <laughs> I don't think it will happen. But anyway, you can get those odds, not the thousand to one one, but you can get the other odds at Betbright. He um, needs that Uruguay keeper again, doesn't he, Griezmann? He's <laughs> yeah, get I think a, he get does. Um, I, I just think it'll be a close game. I think it'll go all the way. Uh, Martin, what's your prediction? Yeah, I can see it being a draw. I don't. I don't I'd love to say it's going to be a brilliant end to the tournament in terms of you know the actual spectacle, but I'd be surprised if there are more than a couple of goals 
all in over mm. say 120 minutes and it could come down to penalties and you know maybe the the odds suggest that you would back against Croatia but I'm not sure any of us would after uh, no definitely the goal, not. The they should be underestimated should they no they shouldn't um, and they they've earned they've earned this right to be there haven't they they you know they um, it's funny because the thing that Modric was talking about wasn't he where he's talking about he uh, English press kind of thing which wasn't really true was so it you but, two get away with that yeah <laughs> but um, uh, what I thought was in the build up to it was when the, when there was talk about England you know oh it's a favourable this all this sort of run and the, the Croatia actually it was alright for Croatia as well like I think I think they, they'd have taken playing England in a semi-final so I think they um, they've, re- they've really deserved the right to be here and I think you, you look at all their background all the stories as well you think it's a very young country isn't it and, it is, and the yeah. stories behind a lot of the players in terms of how they grew up and things like that it almost does feel like it's set for them now um, but as I say if they're going to win I've got a feeling it's going to be a terrible game <laughs> 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 and they just and the what, one of the ones you had there which was Pogba from outside the box I can, something like that because mm. if they keep France at arm's length as I expect them to then you could be looking at a situation where it's 0-0 with 20 to go and then someone like Pogba's going to have to try and produce something but um, got to find a way past that keeper Subasic who's been, yeah, he's been good. I think he's been the keeper of the tournament mm. and, and arguably so has Hugo Lloris it's between mm. those two for me but tower two keepers, it could yeah, and it's the, the, the super six thing. It's funny because people are only now realizing that he saved that Harry Kane thing the yeah. other day. Incredible, like which um, save when you read, I've seen it. I've seen a tweet uh, today where he you slow it down right down, yeah, and he's and his foot just comes out and and he gets his toe to it, hits the post, then hits him and goes back up. It's a brilliant save. Talking about um, those small margins that win games. There, it yeah, is. yeah, and he's he's had a very good. So obviously he had um, the Russia one where he looked like he was out of his feet he was injured and then he gets up again he goes he goes in for the penalty shootout um, but yeah, he's just another one he's just another example of these players that are, that are really giving their all out there aren't they and and whilst they might not have the quality of France they've certainly got that sort of will to win and um, and if France aren't on it then, then they could find it it really gets sticky for them and as I say you could see it nil-nil with 10-20 to go and anything could happen then Definitely. Well, we're in store for a fantastic final, I'm sure. It's been a great tournament, hasn't it? I mean, for me, in my memory, this has been the best World Cup. I mean, there were a lot of doubts going into it. There were a lot of fears about hooliganism, which we haven't seen any of. It's been brilliantly run, this tournament. And the football's been sparkling. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss <laughs> watching football every day. And <laughs> thankfully, we've got these pre-season friendlies to, to get into. I think as as we're recording this, Everton have just won 20-odd nil yeah. against some team in Austria. So uh, something to look forward to with, with that. But this has been, for me, a fantastic, brilliant World Cup. And I will put my neck on the line so it's been the best World Cup ever. Well, I mean, I can't remember back in uh, the 30s or 40s. But <laughs> well, this is it. I'm just saying, from my, from my yeah, recollection, yeah, mm. no, I can't think of a better one. Yeah, not difficult to argue. Um, maybe, maybe 94 when Dinah Ross missed that penalty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but everything about it, it's been, been brilliant. It has been a lot of fun. I think we might not, unless tomorrow whoever wins, or today whoever wins, produces a spectacular display, we might not remember... I don't think one team who who was you know consistently Ooh. brilliant every single game. I think yeah. we will remember it as a as a tournament as a whole that produced the goods on a regular basis. Um, and the thing is, we are almost saturated by football these days. It is on all the time. You can yeah. always watch a match. But even so, somehow it still felt refreshing. Definitely, you know? it's, it's rekindled the love of football for many people, particularly England fans. England fly home uh, today. They arrive in Birmingham, and I'm sure they'll get. A, a fantastic homecoming reception 
it's been a brilliant, brilliant end for the tournament. I know that England didn't finish third; they finished fourth. It's their best finish in 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 28 years. So there's a lot of positives to build on. Okay, there's been a few kind of um, things said about England that they didn't quite deliver when they played against decent opposition, Ooh. which is true on paper. But there's certainly plenty to look forward to for England fans. Yeah, I think the lesson from England really is is what you can do when you change the mentality around a team. You know, because I think there's loads of stats that came out when they when they went out the other day about things like the amount of shots on target they have from open play, which isn't a lot, and and things like that. But whilst that might have been the case with Allardyce as the manager, and they might have played in a, in a similar way, really, when you think about all the set pieces and things like that, nobody's calling them a boring team, are they? Nobody's calling them a, a set piece side, even though a lot of their goals do come from that. But I think a lot of the reason for that is just the mentality and, and this, uh, you know, the, the fans getting behind, which obviously it's different for me and Martin, but we, we, we see it. I think we'd both say that whilst we're not necessarily rooting for them to win, it's still been quite nice to see the way the country's yeah, got behind it. And um, it's... It, which you've got to credit Gareth Southgate for that and you've got to credit the sort of media team around England as well have done a very good job haven't they in in kind of making the players more relatable mm-hmm. and making the players you know more to your non-football fans come across in a nice way people like Harry Maguire just seems like a normal lad who you, you want to you know you want to go for a pint with don't you yes. and all that yeah. sort of stuff and um, so yeah I think it's 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 a good triumph for kind of momentum and things like that and, and just getting a completely different mentality around the team because Got to think back to the Euros, and they were just they were dull. They were grey, weren't they? It was very sort of, you know, the whole Iceland defeat was surely the worst resulting they've ever had. I think, and and to go from there to this in two years is very impressive. That does show you exactly. Yeah, you're right. It shows you how far they have come. Do you think though, Martin, that as as much as the mentality had changed for England, clearly the one deficiency that they did have was a lack of invention and that's where they've they've fallen really because you know Croatia have got Modric Belgium had De Bruyne France mm. have got Pogba pulling the strings England just didn't quite have that somebody in their midfield yeah you're right and of, of course the, the set pieces thing is it's not it's not a fluke you know they've obviously worked on that so it's an excellent string to your ball but you can't you can't rely on it um, but I think the point of coming out of this tournament is that it must be the first time in a long long time that England have a platform to build on they're not going to come back home and think, right, we've got to re- scrap it all and start again, be it a new manager, be it a new squad. You know, you surely would get short odds on the next, uh, the, on the team for the next competitive game being the same team that finished, or yeah. sorry, started against Croatia. They'll keep the squad together. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so yeah. I think that's the big thing as well. Yes, there will be problems or, or deficiencies to solve, as you say, but the fact is those are tweaks rather than a, another overhaul. For the, you know, for two years' time, we've been very sort of pro England on this podcast. But for our Scottish listeners and Welsh listeners, um, you know, we've brought on Martin and Mark today. <laughs> Is there any hope for for Wales and Scotland now going into going into a crucial qualifying campaign? We, we've missed them in this tournament, haven't we? I, I mean, now that there's however many teams in in the Euros, we should have a better chance. But I don't know. When we brought back Alex McLeish. Well, that's just, it. Both just both thought, got new managers. Yeah, but it's Ooh. a new old manager for us. It's just like, is they, are we really in that state that we had to bring him back? He's been really poor since he left us the first time at, at club level. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. 
It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know. It's difficult to be optimistic, but I'm sure once the qualifiers... But what about Wales with, you know, Gareth Bale coming into the peak of his career? Well, yeah, he's... And, the, he's and the, he'd be the main man at Real Madrid now that Ronaldo's gone. Yeah. Surely there's hope for Wales. There is. Um, I think for countries like Wales and Scotland, these few years now, certainly until the World Cup gets expanded, Euros are going to be more easier to qualify for than the World Cups, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, with, obviously Wales is... is so much of it revolves around Bale and what sort of form he's in and, and and he can you know he can drag them to not just qualifying for tournaments doing well in them like they did two years ago um, there's there's some good players as well knocking around you know I think, I think it's interesting to see what happens with, with Aaron Ramsey now he's got a new manager at Arsenal there's there's a few younger players coming through like a couple of lads at Liverpool Harry Wilson and Ben Woodburn they perhaps probably need to leave to get a bit of extra game time perhaps in the championship and, and then they can push on, onto the, into that frame Giggs is a. I'm not massively excited by Ryan Giggs as a manager. Really, um, obviously, he's never really done it before, and and he doesn't really fill you with much confidence when he talks about football. When he says England are we all the time, but um, <laughs> but also like, the, the thing fact that he, he never really was very much in the Wales camp. No, as exactly. a player, was he? He'd always pull out. Yeah, with, with those tactical hamstrings. <laughs> the only the only thing I would say for it was that I remember when. Chris Coleman got appointed. I remember when Gary Speed got appointed and they weren't necessarily overwhelming kind of like sort of like favourites with, with like great appointments with the fans. The fans weren't necessarily delighted by those appointments. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Giggs needs to maybe take a step back and try to not be Ryan Giggs, if that makes sense. And just sure, yeah. just kind of get, you know, get learned, get some coaching under your belt. And um, he's got the nucleus of a good squad there. Uh, there's a couple of players, perhaps the likes of Ashley Williams getting a bit over the hill now, but um, they should certainly have a good go at qualifying for the Euros. And then if they get there, then I can't imagine they'll repeat what happened two years ago, but, <laughs> well, but they'll, they'll have a go, yeah. Well, Giggs, of course, is on uh, ITV. Um, ITV and BBC, they're both showing the game today, and you can follow it, of course, live at Mirror Football. So, which channel are you going to watch it on? <laughs> Uh, probably ITV. What's yeah. what's 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 made ITV stand out for you? I mean, this is this might sound obvious, but I think Roy Keane brings a, a measure of <laughs> yeah. realism to it, and just you know, just brings people down a little bit, and just is a bit is on the ball. He can't be very much, you know. You can always find a line from Roy Keane that's slamming someone, you know. It's, but <laughs> you just don't want. He's right though. I mean, look, nobody time, wanted so. to hear it on Wednesday night mm. after England's game. But he was spot on yeah. about yeah. what he said about England. We we thought we'd made the final before we'd even played the semi final, and you've you know you've got to pat him on the back for that. Mm. He, he was right. Everybody got carried away, and, and rightly so. But at the same time, there was still a job to be done. Mm. And Roy Keane's analysis, I think, for me, has been the highlight yeah. of the tournament. I think mm. I think ITV 
have had a great tournament actually Gary Neville who's actually been one of the subdued pundits on there mm. to be fair I think he's a bit scared of Roy King yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe that but then Ian Wright's been great yeah and he's good Slav and Bilic I've really enjoyed listening mm. to Slav I hope Ooh. he's on there for, t- for the game today um, BBC they've still been good though haven't they yeah they're a bit more reserved aren't they maybe they I don't know if that's a message that they've, they've been told or what but uh, it does seem to be for the likes of us we get more of our our ascension and more of our stories from the ITV lot than the BBC lot um it, look, it's 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 been good. I think the coverage the coverage in general has been very good, hasn't it? And 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 these it's it's nice that they're still on terrestrial TV and and, and everyone can see can see the games no matter what channel it's on. Um, and I think it it brings an added element to to the World Cup and 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 hopefully that it will stay like that for 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 as long as you know as as long as it can do in terms of um, terrestrial TV and, and and available to everyone because I think as I say, um, you know, there's a reason why why the country went as crazy as it did for, for, for England and, and we're taking in every second of the coverage that, that was around. Um, so, yeah, I think the coverage in general has been very good. Some been some very good pundits on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't really split them, to be honest. I, I'll just watch the game. Um, yeah. I guess Flip whatever, between both channels. Whatever's on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, look, gents, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it should be a wonderful final, even if it's... Uh, going to be quite tight as we expect but who knows we'll see you can follow it live here at mirror football and we'll be back with a podcast on monday to dissect the final and the best moments of the tournament so far well of the tournament actually not so far this is it that's it this is it um i do hope aaron flanagan will be back in the chair um but yeah we'll see um so thanks for listening enjoy the world cup final today You've been listening to the Mirror Football Daily World Cup podcast in association with Bet Bright. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.